thing that we were fighting to change the situation. Yeah, you have to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting. You can't give up. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Within Zionism, here with Ozzy Fun and Moshe Schwartzberg. Today we have another special guest, Yehuda Glick. Shalom, Moshe. Shalom, Avi. I was a member of Knesset for three years. And before that, I was for several years active fighting for human rights for all on the Temple Mount. I met Arya with my parents in 1974. I was nine years old. And you served in the IDF? I served in the IDF in a program called the Hezder program, which is a program that we part, partially study Torah and partially work with serving the army. I was in various different uh, units. I started off in the tanks, and then I was a little wounded, and then I transferred to the uh, secret intelligence unit until uh, towards the end. I took a course of a paramedic, and I was served as a uh, paramedic inclusion of my service. All right. Um, now our recurring question, that we call it now. Uh, how would you define Zionism? Well, Zionism... The Hebrew word of Tzionut comes from the word Zion. And the word Zion, which is repeated several times in the Bible, refers to the Temple Mount, the house that God chose to rest his divine presence in the world. Zion is, as it says in Psalm chapter 2, Zion, my holy mountain, in the book of Joel. Very often the city of Jerusalem is called Zion because it's called Eretzion, the city that Zion is there. So uh, Zion is the is the Temple Mount, the place that represents God's eternal presence in the world, the place that connects heaven and earth. So this Zionism was the return of the Jewish people back home, and uh, as you recall, when God chooses the Jewish people, He chooses Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to form a nation that will serve as a source of blessing to all nations. So the Zionist movement, which began in the end of the 19th century which said that the Jews should stop referring to the exile as a punishment, but actually begin referring to it as a sin. And actually said that the Zionist movement began saying, let's guys, we have to go back home to Israel, take the Jewish people back home to Israel and serve as the mission, the assignment that God appointed us to serve as a light to the nation, as a source of blessing to the nation. And uh, so I believe Zionism is the return of the Jewish people back home uh, to serve on their mission assignment, to be the source of blessing to the world, to announce, clear the uh, uh, unity of one God uh, over the entire universe. I would say one world, one God. Let's go. Uh, let, let's talk about your career a little bit. Let's start uh, from the beginning. In 2005, if I'm not mistaken, you were the executive director of the Temple Institute. Well, I, 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 I served in the Israeli government as the director of the uh, Southern District of the Ministry of Absorption, um, the ministry in charge of uh, 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 welcoming new immigrants, welcoming the Jewish people returning back home to the, to the land. Uh, in 2005, I resigned. I was the only uh, highest rank uh, civil servant who resigned from the government because of the disengagement uh, process was accepted by the government uh, in 2005, and that was uprooting thousands of uh, Jewish settlers uh, from around the country in the Gaza area and north of Samaria. Uh, as, uh, as soon as I left that job, shortly afterwards, I was offered a job to be the director general of the Temple Institute. The Temple Institute is a research uh, institute that deals with studying and understanding uh, the temple the history of the temple, the uh, central role it played 
in uh, Jewish life and in the uh, universal uh, importance and the preparation of the uh, rebuilding of the future temple. So uh, they have uh, reproduced already uh, tens of vessels and they're teaching the concept of the temple. They are, uh, they put up many, many books about the temple and uh, they've made many drawings which are used as educational tools to teach the content of the temple. And in 2009, I established the Liba, which was the Temple Mount Heritage Foundation, dealing in, where the Temple Institute dealt with the temple, the Temple Institute, the Temple Mount Heritage Foundation and the Liba, which is the uh, initiative for Jewish human rights on Temple Mount, dealt with the Temple Mount. And that's where I was been dealing uh, pretty much ever since trying to encourage tourists and Israelis to visit the Temple Mount, trying to encourage uh, turning the Temple Mount into a house of prayer for all nations, demanding removing of all violence from the Temple Mount and turning the place into a world center of uh, shalom in the world. And this is what I'm involved in till this very day. As I said, uh, I, I run the Shalom Jerusalem Foundation, which is shalomjerusalem.org. Uh, and we do whatever we can to emphasize the importance of the, of the Temple Mount and the need to connect to the Temple Mount. What led you to that position? Like, how, how did they, what made them choose you? Uh, look, I was the director of the Temple Institute. The Temple Institute, well, when I, when I, when I resigned from the government uh, and I had a high rank position, uh, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot, a lot of write-ups about me in the press. At the time, the media, there, was not, there weren't very many internet uh, sites that dealt with news. Uh, so there were interviews with me in, in, in almost all the press in Israel. And uh, uh, the Temple Institute were looking for a director general and they uh, invited me and offered me the job. Ever since then, I mean, I was acquainted to the topic of, 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 Temple, of Temple Mount then already, but I then became more involved in the, uh, in the concepts of Temple and Temple Mount. And when I was working in, in the Temple Institute, which is located in the old city of Jerusalem, I had an opportunity of going up to the Temple Mount every single day. And there I saw a situation, the uh, hate, violence that was led by the incitement of many, many radical uh, Muslims. And there I became very much minded to the importance of that uh, topic. And that's where I've been dealing with ever since. What kind of violence goes on there? You said uh, it's like a very dangerous place, especially like for Jews these days. You said you're fighting for human rights. What, uh, what dangers are there? So we have to point out that, that thank God we've had a lot of uh, achievements in our activity. And uh, I would say until five, six years ago, any Jew who would visit Temple Mount was uh, expected to find uh, incitement, harassment, uh, stones thrown at us, chairs thrown at us, shoes thrown at us. It was a very, very uh, non-comfortable uh, experience. Thanks to our activity, we managed to cause the Israeli government to outlaw all the uh, violence going on on Temple Mount. We've pretty much changed reality in Temple Mount. Uh, at the time, they weren't allowing Jews to pray on Temple Mount. Today, they're allowing Jews to pray on Temple Mount, but still there's a lot to do. And that's what we're doing in Jerusalem Foundation. Still, we have to uh, turn the, not only allow Jews to pray on Temple Mount, but to allow to pray uh, officially, meaning with the minyan, meaning uh, carrying prayer books, maybe reading the Torah, all of these things are still not permitted on Temple Mount and they don't even allow it to blow a shofar. I was leading a campaign lately, let the shofar blow on, on, on Zion. 
because the, 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 the prophet Joel tells us and when the world is in some kind of crisis, the thing to do is to blow the shofar on Zion. Uh, so uh, they weren't in, they're not allowing us to blow the shofar on Zion, they're not allowing us to carry a Bible or a prayer book on Temple Mount. They're not allowing us uh, still to do many other things. And on the other end, uh, in the past, any, any Jew who would mumble or move his lips immediately would be uh, arrested. Today, uh, there's a lot, a lot more inclusiveness for that, a lot more tolerance. And, they're, and Jews pray there all the time, every single day. What's the reason for not letting the Jews pray there? Well, it's sort of a claim of the Muslims that uh, if the Jews pray there, it harms their uh, sensitivity and, it's, uh, and they see it very offensively. And sort of the Israeli government wanted to go do uh, gestures to Muslims. Uh, unfortunately, none of these gestures were ever responded with the gestures on the other side. And uh, By law and legally, the Temple Mount belongs to Israel. Right. right, by the Israeli law, Israel is in charge of the. So why, so Israel, so why are we letting these Muslims let us not pray? According to the agreement between Israel and the Jordanians after the Six Day War, Israel is in charge of the sovereignty on Temple Mount, the security on Temple Mount, but the running of the mosques or the running of the religious life is under the authorities of the Waqfs. And now the question is, what does religious life include? Uh, so the. Uh, the Muslims are trying to get more control, but the, the Israelis uh, have made it made a very quite clear point that they're not going to allow anybody else uh, run the show, and 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 they're not going to allow any kind of uh, violence or any kind of uh, harm to the public order. Interesting. Wow, it's a crazy situation. It's like yeah, that's why we that's what we're doing. That's why wow. we're fighting. That's why we're fighting to change the situation. Yeah, you have to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting. You can't give up. So what did your job officially require? What exactly did you do? Well, when I was director of the Temple Institute, uh, we, we had a, there's a museum there and there's a research uh, institution. We were publishing books. We were uh, selling things in the store. We were uh, have people visiting the museum. We had to run the museum. And we had educational activity. Later on, when I, when I developed the Temple Mount Heritage Foundation, there we were doing a lot of uh, PR, a lot of activity in the court, a lot of political activity. Uh, I was in the, at the time I, I came to, to try to convince leading uh, political leaders to, to support our, our demands. So let's say political leaders, let's say the Knesset and anyone who's involved in politics and who would have an impact. Yeah. Would they, would they potentially be able to actually get access to like, to being allowed to pray at the Temple Mount? That's what we're trying to do. That's always what we're trying to do. I mean, exactly what that, that's what we're there the we're trying to get. So why is that not happening now? Because there's still not what, enough. Like pressure. What, what's holding them back? There's still not enough pressure being made in there, and there's still uh, Israel has its uh, political agenda. Uh, but uh, who has uh, to put the pressure, and on who the who does the pressure have to be put on? Pressure has to. It, it's in the hands of the of, of the prime minister. It's in the hands of the government. It's in the hands. But also, but it has to start from 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 the bottom. It has to start. We have to see a need. We have to see a call from the people calling. To so let's so let's people. say the people. Let's say there's a group of people in my neighborhood who are pro what you're saying and who want to fight for it. How would they be able to do so? Said, first, the first and most important. And right now, now we're in, unfortunately because of COVID, we're on, under lockdown. But and a normal time. In general, though. In general, <laughs> in general, I'd say, first of all, encouraging people to go visit Temple Mount. The more there will be Jewish presence uh, on Temple Mount, the more people will, they will understand that it's uh, that we're here and we're not going anywhere. Uh, I think that uh, this this is a very important issue to get people to go visit Temple Mount. Many, many Jews prefer going to the, temple, to the Western Wall and keep themselves out, out of the Temple Mount. 
you have to recall, understand that the Temple Mount is the holy place chosen by God uh, and by the Bible, and uh, our holy place is the Temple Mount. So we have to. Uh, a lot of people are scared to go, though. A lot of people are like really scared to go to the Temple Mount. Only out of ignorance. It's out, out of ignorance because people, they don't know that the situation today on the Temple Mount is a very quiet, peaceful experience. All right. So let me ask you this: If I want to go and I'm scared. Do I have your word that it's safe? Yes, it's safe. Look, I'm telling you, tens of thousands of people visit there. In 2019, 800,000 uh, tourists visit Temple Mount. 50,000 Jews, Israel, Israeli Jews, religious Jews, visited Temple Mount. Nothing happened to any of them. Peace and quiet. Uh, that's the situation today. And All right, so now we got to get that number up. We should get more people going. Okay, we want more people to go. And you have to understand that the Temple Mount is also only open for non-Muslims. Uh, four hours a day, five days a week. That's when we we try to get people. I mean, the Muslims, it's open for for many, many more hours uh, around and, and for many, many, and for seven days a week. And these are things that we have to uh, do whatever we can. And it has to come from a demand of people who, who demand that the Temple Mount should be open and people should have freedom of prayer there. Okay. Uh, you were repeatedly uh, arrested at the Temple Mount. Yeah, look, when, you're, when you uh, get engaged, in uh, public activity, sometimes uh, it's not the most convenient issue. Sometimes you have to demand, you have to demonstrate, and you have to demand things. Now, of course, I never did anything illegal, but uh, the police don't like people who are fighting for their rights. And the police were giving us a hard time. And that's what you do. You, the, part of the, 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 the battle is to, is to stand up for your rights, even if you, it means to get arrested, even if it means that the police uh, Look, I, I went through issues more severe than being arrested. Um, in, almost six years ago, in October 2014, I was shot. Yeah. All right. Now, after the job at the Temple Mount, uh, you had some experience in the Knesset. Right. You to get in. According to the polls, Likud was expecting to get 20 to 22 to 24 seats. I was number 33. Right. I'm less I didn't have a chance to get in. But apparently, you can't believe the polls. And uh, we could get 30 seats. I still was not in the Knesset. I joined the Knesset when three members of the Knesset left. Uh, one left to become an ambassador in the United Nations. One left uh, for personal reasons. One left for political issues. And I was, and then I, I entered the Knesset. Right. The could list is divided this way. That the first 20 seats uh, are representatives of the national run. And the rest are from there on, it's the uh, regional. So I was uh, placed number 33. I was of the representative of the different regions. I represented the Judean and Samaria. And it's wow. funny how you mentioned you were on the list number 33 out of 30. Not out of 30, it's not out of 30, it's out of 120. But uh, yeah, in my right, in, in, uh, in your party, it was out of 30. But uh, you, you got lucky over there. Uh, we're all in the hands of God, and we're all lucky because we are in the hands of, yeah. the hands of Hashem. What did you do with Judea and Samaria? What, like, what was your job there? Once you're elected, you don't represent a specific area. To be elected on the list, you have to you have to uh, the, the, you're you're represented as a as a uh, representative of a certain uh, region. But uh, once you're in the Knesset, you're in the Knesset as every, as every, other, as every other member of Knesset. So uh, oh, okay. I was only elected by the region, by the uh, Judean and Samaria region. But that doesn't mean I, was, I, I didn't serve in the Knesset. What determines like where you're representing? 
Now, the idea is that they could once like new blood in the list every single time. So therefore, what happens is they allow each time, besides the national people running on the national list, every, every, every region in the country can put in somebody from their region. Eventually, when, when the, like once you ran as a regional representative, you cannot run again as a regional representative. The next time you have to run on the national race. So, but it, it like gives an opportunity for people uh, who are not part of the national race to, to join and become members of, uh, of Knesset. So uh, um, th this, is the, this is what the concept we're talking about, but this is only the, the, way, the way the election works. It's a little, like a little bit of technicality uh, to do with the politics in Israel. But the, the important thing is to know once you're in the Knesset, you're not a representative of a specific uh, region, you're actually uh, serving the, the entire nation. And therefore, I was doing things that are that are national. I was fighting nationally, uh, smoking, which I believe is one is the most dangerous uh, thing existing in our times. And uh, so I, I I was in charge of legislation against smoking. Okay. By the way, I have to say I love your background. Wait, hold on one second, Moshe. <laughs> I love your background. Are you in your house? Is that a picture of your house? Is a painting painted by a, a, an artist from Jerusalem. His name is Sam Phillips. And as a matter of fact, he painted the painting here in the office. He even signed it here in the office. You can see it's recorded. This is a podcast, not a video, so our listeners uh, will oh, see this. Uh, you can see it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful painting of uh, the Temple Mount and it's behind this tree. Yeah. Love it. Okay, so is there a story behind how you got into the Knesset, into Likud? I know we had another Knesset member recently, and he had a whole story of how he got there. Do you have a story behind how you got to Likud? Well, I think uh, I was elected a lot. I, 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 my activity with Temple Mount brought me to the Knesset. I was involved, participated several times in sessions in the Knesset before I was a member of Knesset. People in the Knesset knew me, uh, and uh, the people in the party knew me. Um, is there a specific story? I can't give a specific story, but the, uh, you can say it. If wait, wait, hold on. Let, let me ask you this. Let, let me ask farther. Did you want to be in the Knesset, or was it like accidental? Uh... That, that's a true question. Uh, actually, right. I, I pretty much did not want to be in the Knesset. I not only there you did go. not want to be <laughs> Apparently, that's, uh, that's was, what our Knesset is made up of. <laughs> uh, in one of the interviews I said when I was on the list, the only reason my wife allowed me to run on the list was because I promised her uh, that, the, not, that the place on the list, number 33, is not a realistic place. So... Uh, uh, I, I wanted to be on the list just so that I could, uh, you know, once you're on the list, like it's considered that you're a, you, you have some kind of status in the party. So you can, it, it, it helps you open doors. Uh, I had no intention of becoming a member of Knesset uh, and it pretty much fell, fell, fell on me, as I said, as a surprise. But like everything that Hashem does to us, uh, I referred to it as a mission. And uh, the mission was that uh, I am uh, to try to promote uh, whatever I can for the, for the issues that I believe in. I think from an outside perspective, enough people would say that you're successful in what you're doing. On a personal level, much. would you Thank consider you yourself... Thank you very much. Would you consider yourself uh, successful? It's not, first of all, it's nothing to do with me. Uh, I, I am here serving Hashem, and I take upon myself different missions, and I can tell you that the next few days you'll hear, you'll be hearing some probably about a, a, a new a new position that I'm they're aiming at. Uh, we will talk about that soon as well. And so uh, 
uh, right now, you can uh, be saying right now, uh, whatever, wherever, whatever position Hashem puts me in, that's where I go. And that is a great answer, but I'm saying like on a personal level with yourself, do you feel that you're accomplishing your mission? I feel that I'm very much blessed and Hashem has opened many, many doors for me. I, I think the connection that I've received mainly, uh, I would say two things. First of all, the, the, the direct connection with many, many parts of the Israeli society on the one hand. And on the other hand, the uh, relationship with many, many non-Jews around the world who support Israel. Uh, or I'll say that the third thing is the Jewish community around the world. But these are three things that are, that are, that are on, on, on top of my agenda. The Israeli society, our relationship with the Jews in the diaspora, and uh, our relationship with the non-Jewish world. And uh, I think uh, I've, I feel that I've succeeded way beyond that I'd ever expected. Thank you very much, Yehuda, for joining us. Stay tuned, everybody, for next week, part two, with more amazing, amazing stories with Yehuda Glick. Stay safe and have a great day. Uh-huh.